Best stadium you played in besides K-State, besides at home? Best stadium. How about rowdiest fans? Sheesh. That's tough. The best stadium, as far as structure and all that kind of stuff, Baylor has a nice stadium. It's it's beautiful. Um, Rowdiest fans, maybe. Ah, Let me think. Let me think. Oh, definitely Oklahoma State. It's definitely Oklahoma State. That's what I'm talking about. I would say that. For sure. For sure. I mean, that that the paddle thing, <laughs> the paddle thing throws us off. You got to prepare for it. Oh, my gosh. Before. I knew these guys were looking for that answer. I had to, yeah. I had to come yeah, in hard I know, with that. I, know. I, I thought about it. I thought I we were going to land there. I knew where we were headed. That's good stuff, man. That's good I stuff. I thought about it. I thought about it. But, yeah, it's it's – it's either it's Oklahoma State, and then you got like Iowa State. It's kind of it kind of gets rowdy up there as well. But Oklahoma State takes the cake with the paddle. Justin Hughes, linebacker of the Michigan Panthers, and you're listening to Patriot Sports Radio. Welcome to Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio, a sports podcast by regular dudes for regular dudes. We'll give you a break from all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. From high school to the pros, we're talking about it. Red-blooded American. Loud, loud, real, and raw. Patriot Sports Radio with your hosts, Eric, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in. My name is Eric Patriot Sports Radio. I am your host. We got Chris over here shoveling coal in the furnace, making the show go. The impossibly handsome John Shirley out in Denver. And the Brain Trust, America's dad, Coach C down in Oklahoma. And joining us tonight, USFL Week rolls on with Michigan Panthers linebacker, nay, game wrecker, Kansas State legend, the pride of Stone Mountain, Georgia, coming to a quarterback near you. This guy lives in the backfield. Justin Hughes, welcome to the show. Man, thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me. Where where they got you at on the on this Panther team? Where they got you? They moving you around or they put you at one spot? Um, I'm I'm a tool. I like right. I play all any linebacker position. I'm able to go out there and, and and grasp it and and try to get a grasp of it and go out there and make plays. Uh, I'm able to just move around and be a chess piece, whatever wherever I can fit. I will I will make myself fit. I'm able to just pick up and process things very quickly, and I would like to do it a little bit faster for myself. But that's just me putting unnecessary pressure on myself. Yes, sir. Nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect, and I just go out and got to go out there and take it day by day. Well, I just wondered. Uh, I wondered if they move you around like uh, they did over at Kansas State. I know I, I watch you a lot in the Big mm-hmm. Twelve, and I, I watch you wreak havoc on my on my Cowboys one Saturday. And you, uh, you, you that, don't tell me that wasn't your one of your best, man. You put on a show that day. Yeah. I was like, man, can they, somebody block this dude? And they moved yeah. you all <laughs> over the field. You were coming from they. I think even one time. Tell me if I'm wrong. They may have even brought you from the edge. That's definitely uh, one thing. That was something I was excellent in at high school, kind of shot away from it. Growing, Like I said, I had growing pains at, at Kansas State coming into it and had to kind of get back my feet wet with it. Once I got going, I got going, and, and I felt like I had a great run. And What'd you play in high some school? great things. Where'd they have you in high school? What'd you play in high school? Uh, we ran a 3-3-5, and sometimes we would go 3-2-6, and I would be that role. I would be the roll down safety sometimes, <laughs> and I would be the outside linebacker. And I was the main blitzer because I was a freaking wrecking ball. Didn't really care. Was just trying to make prove a point and 
get some shine time. So I just go in there and just make a play, I guess. At about what? Six one, two oh five, two ten in high school? No. Wasn't even what six one. I was same height, probably a little shorter, maybe. Six foot. Uh I was one I was one ninety five. That's nice. That is good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Then we got to K-State. They put a little weight on you? Definitely. Put a little weight on me. I, I wanted – my goal was to get to 205. I, I think I got to 206, and I'm like, I'm big. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm that guy now. Like, I'm 206, <laughs> moving, and, and going to be a, the same guy I was. I had to put on even more weight once I figured out guys was out there running at the same speed as me at 230, 240. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. I'm a little pup yeah. compared to these guys. Man, that's great. That's great. I know they. I know they run. They run a little three three five up there in in K State. Right. They, yeah. They. they that, is that they what they recently, recruited they, you as? Nah. They um. They wanted me as a wheel linebacker. Okay. And I. That was that. That's what I came in as wheel linebacker. Started to learn that. And as I got older and seen that I can grasp things really well, I was more of the mic because I can get guys aligned. I can call out the plays. I can tell a, a, a nickel what leverage he needs to play because I'm inside of him. I can tell the safety what leverage I'm going to play because I know he's over the top. Like it was, it's a bunch of, bunch of things that go into this, to my, my piece at K-State. And I appreciate every coach that gave me an opportunity for real. They put you in some nickel, did they not? Yeah, I was definitely um, like, I would bump out to nickel sometimes if the, the change of strength and we would have to roll and I would have to go out and and play two uh, man on two like and it's uh-huh. like slot receivers out there and it's like well shoot I got to go out there and cover that guy because we're gonna have to swap this and well, it's it was, it's a lot of pieces man and I I just appreciate the process I love football and it's just a chess game for me. Well, I can tell you that that one particular Saturday there was a school just north of me here that <laughs> couldn't figure out what to do with you or who to block, <laughs> who to get on you because right. you were wrecking shop. Right. Yeah, I think you had like I want to say you had. 12 tackles, eight of them in the first half for losses. I was like, can nobody block this dude? Anyhow. Right, man. Uh, so yeah. so how does that uh, how's that transferred to where you're going now, where you're at uh, up with the Panthers? They, they, they've got a similar scheme going? Um, yeah, we, we're more of a um, same type of scheme, I would say. I'm like, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm able to fit in different pieces of the scheme because I guess my knowledge and how, how I'm able to manipulate my game based off of what is needed from me. I think I've done a pretty good job, could be better, and I'm going to be better. Sure. And processing, it's, it's a quick process, quick turnaround with everything, getting down here to Birmingham and just yeah. and everything. So it's going to take time, and football is not perfect. No one's perfect. I strive to be perfect, and if I'm not there, I'm not happy, I guess. <laughs> I understand. So how was uh, going from K-State, going from K-State, and then you were – after you were out of K State, this uh, this deal came up, and the same coaches kind of contacted you, or how to? What was the transition to USFL there? Like I went in the draft process, talked to a couple teams before the draft. Never got a call or a camp invite. Kind of got down on myself at times, but I kept working. I kept putting my head down and kept my faith in God. And I knew if I just kept putting in my work, keep believing in myself, and I knew opportunity was going to come wrapping back around to me. I had a couple opportunities to go overseas. I had a couple opportunities to go to arena teams, uh, smaller leagues like the Texas Spring League hit me up. And it was uh, put my name in the draft pool, uh, talked to my um, guard that was at K-State with me, Abdul Beecham, who's um, on the Pittsburgh team here at the USFL. He 
sent me the link, put my name in the draft pool, and I was one of the linebackers taken, thankfully. And I thank God for the opportunity, and I thank the coaches that allowed me to even be in this place. I read you were, what, uh, mass, mass communications and journalism? Is that what you ended up majoring in up there? Yes, sir. Nice, nice. Yes, sir. But that translates yes, a little bit, huh? Yes, sir, man. I'm a great communicator, Um, great passion for it as well like i like to be on the same page with my people and whether that be in life or as in football or whatever it translates to and i'm just big on on, on talking and, and and getting things fixed and worked out and ask my girlfriend we're going through it right now just trying to communicate with each other because i'm here in birmingham and she's in texas and everything and so my position on the field translates to who i am as a person and i think vice versa it rolls back around and who you are in life can tell who you are and, and things you're passionate about and i think football is one of these things that i'm passionate about for sure and translates over that's good stuff <laughs> man that is, that is good stuff i guess i just got one more question so i'm so after you got out of of college okay did they have a does the usfl how did they have a combine for you or a tryout or did they just say hey we're interested in drafting you and then next thing you know you were you were drafted by them and you're on a plane headed headed where they told you no um I sent over my film in the draft pool with my name and everything okay. and and um got a call like a week or a couple of days before the draft and I of course they were getting their coaches together at the USFL like back in early February, late January again they were hiring coaches and hiring staff and everything and I guess they they liked my film coach called me uh, a week before and told me, hey, man, we like your film. Um, we got this draft coming up. And if you're not taking, you're like high on our board. And if you're not taking on the first day, you're definitely going to be taking on this supplementary draft. And it, there's there's something wrong if you don't get taken. And I'm after that, I was very confident. And I got taken on the first day and I seen it pop up on my phone and I was super excited. Got the phone call a couple seconds after and it went from there. Nice, nice. What was Snyder like? What was it like playing for Snyder? Man, I know that's got to be a Man, good. it was uh it was bittersweet. Bittersweet. Um coach Snyder, he's a great great coach, great um disciplinary guy, big on big on leadership, big on being a man. I think that is his biggest thing is trying to turn boys who come from high school to men. And then he works on the football stuff. The football stuff will come. He's gonna teach you that. But being a man, he wants to. He wants that first. And he, once you learn how to be a man for yourself and for that program, and we preach family and we preach um, love and all this kind of stuff in that program, and it truly is that because without you being able to grow as a person, you're not gonna fit this program because you're not gonna be for everybody. You're for self, and so. Coach Snyder and his staff taught us how to be men first and foremost, and and we got the football stuff after. And with why I say bittersweet is because with that growing of a man <laughs> takes a lot of hard work. And when I tell you a lot of hard work, I know for a fact we were the most conditioned team in the country, and there's no there's no doubt about that. So how's that? How how do you get from Georgia to Manhattan, Kansas? How did that tell us? Tell us about how that transpired a little bit. I got I got to right. hear the story had, of how you ended up there. So I had a few offers coming out of high school, like Syracuse, UCF, uh, TCU, um, North Carolina, um, just a bunch of um, a bunch of the mid tier um, caliber programs and everything. And 
I wanted to go to the LSU's, the the Auburn's, the the um the uh Alabama's, the Georgias, and that's what my goal was. But I got the K States, which is not which is not a problem. Uh, it was just I was shooting for higher, but as I had to come to um, realization with myself, it's going to be these schools that are pushing for you and that really care about you and really want you to be there and be a part of that program. Okay, so I decided which of these schools is going to put me in the best position to be become, one, a better person, and two, a better football player, and three, it's going to put me in a, a position to get to the NFL. And of those schools, Kansas State had just came off of a season with Colin Klein, and it was like, well, they, they're known for putting guys in the NFL because Coach Snyder is such a great coach, and he's legendary. He's going to do great things for his players. And that I think that is what pushed me to go to K-State because it was the best football program as far as the community, brand, and what it stood for. So pretty, That's a pretty good jaunt from, from Georgia, though. Yeah, it is. And, and I think that played a part as well. Like, people say, well, you didn't, you didn't want to stay close to home. If I wasn't going to be very close to home, then I probably wanted to be a little further away from home because I wanted to challenge myself to become a man for myself. Uh, I'm big on family. I'm big on uh, family events and all these kind of things. But I wanted to challenge myself to see, all right, you're going to become a man. Let's see if you really want to be a man. And I took that leap of faith in myself and in Coach Schneider and the staff. And that's exactly what I got. So so I just got a couple more things, and then I'm going to pass the baton off to somebody who nah, really good. knows what's up here. I don't want to take up all <laughs> your time. But I got to know, man, what's it like to kick kick the snot out of OU, man? That's uh, They're up the street, man. You guys uh, – that, that you guys seem to have their number there for a while. Man, it was it felt it felt great. We had just changed coaching staffs. Uh, Coach Klanderman and his staff came in with Coach Hazelton as our um, defensive coordinator the first year. Coach Klanderman, who was under his wing as far as learning the system and being a coach under him, took over the next year. We was just motivated. We were very motivated by this new staff, and it gave us uh, old heads at K-State who was under the Snyder um, era a fresh start and, and gave us motivation to, to be better and to uplift this program and be the start of something new for Coach Kleiman. That first year, I was hurt 2019 season, and I didn't get to play, but those guys went out there and dominated Jalen Hurst and his crew. I came back, and I, that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted a piece of that, and Nothing was going to stop me from getting that. And so we went down there and um, Norman and we, we took the cake and they had us at first and everything. And, but I preached in the, at halftime, like we're, we're beating ourselves. They're not beating us. Like we're beating ourselves. And we came out at the halftime and, and shut them out. And, and we, we did what we had to do to get that win. Best stadium you played in besides K-State, besides at home? Best how about, stadium. How about rowdiest fans? Got, got on your Rowdiest. Coach. Sheesh. That's tough. The best stadium, as far as structure and all that kind of stuff, Baylor has a nice stadium. It's, it's beautiful. It looks like a NFL stadium. Um, rowdiest fans, I would have to go with maybe. Ah, uh, let me think. Let me think. Oh, definitely Oklahoma State. It's definitely Oklahoma State. That's what I'm talking about. I would say that for sure. For sure. I mean that. That the paddle thing, <laughs> the paddle thing throws us off. You got to prepare for it. Oh my gosh! Before. I knew these guys were looking for that answer. I, I had to, yeah. I had to come yeah, in hard I know, with that. I, know. I, I thought about it. I thought I we thought were going to land it. there. I, just, I knew where we were headed. That's good stuff, man. That's good I stuff. I thought about it. I thought about it, but yeah, it's it's 
it's either it's Oklahoma State and then you got like Iowa State is kind of it kind of gets rowdy up there as well. But Oklahoma State takes the cake with the paddle, the paddle thing. <laughs> we we talk about uh we talk about it a lot. A lot of it uh, depends on the time of day. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you get a night game in, in in Ames, Iowa, ain't nobody wants a part of that. Nobody. Right, right. No right. nobody. Well, snake pit. We, snake we, pit. We cleaned some books out on that on this show. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, they they have nothing to do up there. That's but right. go to football that, games. That's exactly right. But a lot of people spending a lot of time doing a a lot of uh, partaking in the beverages, and then that that night, man, it's on. I think uh, I'm pretty sure Eric has paved a, paved his driveway in in Ames, Iowa, home. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, that's definitely it. That's awesome. Hey, that seven o'clock kickoff though in Lubbock, Texas. That that's a, <laughs> that's a sight too. I bet. It is it, it's cool. It, it's 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 really a sight. Their their um stadium is kind of nice on the inside and everything. Um, we go to Lubbock and I I hate them for some reason. They're throwing tortillas and I I just I just hate I just hate them. And it's like you go there and you go beat the snot up because K State. We like you said we have certain teams numbers in the Big Twelve and um Texas Tech is one of them. Like we set a record on them um at home when they came to us. As far as uh keeping them from scoring a touchdown, which hasn't happened in I don't know, I don't remember the um stat, but it had happened in some years. And you go down there to Lubbock and they're just talking so much trash, throwing tortillas, and you start shutting them out and beating the snot out of them and you just look back at them and just tell them to be quiet. Like just be quiet. Like, <laughs> y'all are not good. Like just be quiet. That is awesome. See them those guys up there. Them Big Ten country, they don't understand this big twelve football <laughs> down here. It's real. It's Man. serious. Man, for sure. Serious venues. For sure. I'll let John ask you some real important questions. My stuff (laughs) is just uh, Bush League window dressing. Nah, you good. good. (laughs) Appreciate you, sir. No problem. Appreciate you being with us, man. This is awesome. For sure. For sure. Anytime, man. Justin, I'm glad you came on because I love high school football. I love high school football recruiting. So you're from Stone Mountain, Georgia, which actually is the same as Childish Gambino, which Mm -hmm. I love. Um, You went to Tucker High School. Uh, I've spent some time in Atlanta, and I know that it often is kind of the redheaded stepchild when it comes to high school recruiting, even though it's a hotbed. So being from there, can you tell me a little bit about where Atlanta ranks nationally in terms of high school talent, what the recruiting is like there? You got Georgia in your backyard, but yearly we see Alabama goes in and steals Georgia talent. So tell me a little bit about that, that process. You mentioned some of the colleges, but I want to hear a little bit more. Um, man, I think Atlanta and the Georgia recruiting is second to none. I think Florida obviously takes the cake with the numbers and everything. But like I said earlier, man, Georgia has one major city there. And the other states like Florida has Orlando, Jacksonville, Miami, Tallahassee, uh, all those cities. Texas has Houston, Dallas, Waco, uh, East Texas, all those cities in California, Sacramento, Bay Area. Los Angeles, but Georgia is still up in numbers with those states and only has one major city. And it's very underappreciated and under not talked about enough, in my opinion. And it's like, we're still putting out those same numbers and our major city doesn't even compare in numbers to other major cities who have more major cities in their states. And it's like, man, Georgia, Georgia, the culture there in, in, in Atlanta and the rest of Georgia is, is unmatched. And if we had more major cities like Atlanta to to duplicate that and to help our numbers out, 
there there wouldn't be a question what is the best state in in high school football. Yeah, no doubt. There's definitely a a, a different culture there in Atlanta for high school sports. And and what would you say is kind of the identity of a, a recruit that comes out of Atlanta? Um, a recruit that is going to be talented, grimy. Um, I hate to use the phrase, but a dog, like he has that dog mentality. Like it's either my way or the highway and it's, it's the highway. You better get out my way. That's the culture and the mindset that we have. Like we go out there, we want to dominate you every play. Like we want to be the best. Yeah. It looks cool for other States and everything, but that's, that's our mindset. And that's how we produce each and every year. We top talent each and every year with lesser numbers per capita. We're the best state out there. Like, yeah, pound for pound is definitely yeah. up there. Definitely. It's just crazy to see, you know, you watch all these SEC games and some so many of the stars are from Georgia and Georgia's not even playing. And then yet, obviously, Georgia has a huge stronghold on Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. So, so what was your recruiting like? So you mentioned you rattled off a ton of colleges um, and you mentioned a little bit if you didn't want to stay in Atlanta, you wanted to go kind of far away and, and develop mm-hmm. as a as a man. Um, I, I heard you say North Carolina. I heard you say a lot of these other ones. So what was it in, in addition to the coach? What were some of the other colleges that you were considering and, and why? Uh, North Carolina was um, a high team on and high program on my radar. They kind of offered me kind of late and was kind of on the fence about it. And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. I want it to be a piece that you truly want. And Kansas State was one of the first major division one offers that I had and they stuck with me to the end I think that's another thing with coach Snyder like he's he's a man of his word and he he treats these young athletes like like his sons like he treat he wants to be a father figure for these guys and give them the opportunity to grow as a, a man and I think that that's what gravitated me to them uh TCU was kind of uh big on me early in my recruiting, but kind of fell off towards the end. I guess they were getting the numbers and everything. And uh, UCF was one of the teams that offered me early and kind of, again, fell off. And Syracuse was big on me from the jump. I think Syracuse was my first Division One offer. And they were big on me from the jump. I didn't, I ended up not taking the official visit because I had fell in love with the recruiting process with Kansas State. I took my official visit to Kansas State first and was supposed to go to Syracuse the next week, but ended up not going because I, I felt I felt at home when I was in Manhattan. And so yeah, that makes sense. And as you were kind of weighing all those options, and you mentioned family and things like that, um, how much of an impact does that have? You know, when some guys, I just picture having not been recruited myself, some guy just uh, sitting in your kitchen, hard selling you. Is it is it one of those things where, you're, you know, you meet with a coach, maybe you're with your parents and, and you guys discuss it after? Uh, what was your approach to beyond maybe the 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 school itself? Um, you know, you mm-hmm. mentioned this family atmosphere that you have. Was that a big impact on where you chose to go as well? Yeah. Um, coach Coleman came down for me and recruited me and met with my family, ate with my family and everything. We had a great meal, big meal, sat down and talk to my family like he was one of, a part of my family, like a long lost uncle or something. And that was that was very helpful for my family to see, okay, he's gonna be in good hands. Like whether his position whether he was what my position coach or not, he wasn't my position coach, but my family felt like he was gonna be able to take care of me while 
I was out there and they felt like I was going to be in great hands, whether he was my position coach or not. And coach Lee from Syracuse, who's now at Notre Dame, uh, came to recruit me from Syracuse and it was cool. And it, it was, it was a great experience, but it just, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the, the same, the same vibe. And my family appreciated the vibe that coach Coleman gave and brought to me, to, to our family. And, they knew immediately that that was going to be a place where I was going to like to be and wanted to be. And you mentioned playing because you played various different defensive schemes. Uh, um, were they kind of targeting you as a DB or a linebacker coming out uh, of high school? They was targeting me as a wheel linebacker, just someone who can flow freely and be uh, sideline to sideline and um, just a guy who can be over the field and, and close up, close up some passing windows and, come down here really quickly and just be able to close some gaps. And um, that's what they wanted me for. I ended up further on my career becoming a Mike linebacker because I was such a great communicator. I was such a great leader for my teammates. And they felt like I was I was going to be a great asset to the, the team as far as getting people lined up, as far as getting calls, as far as uh, seeing things that the offense with uh, tips that they would give without even knowing. And I was able to communicate that to my teammates, me and my other linebacker at K-State. Elijah Sullivan played on the same high school team. We was out there together. We played together so long that we were able to communicate without even talking. And it was like before I got hurt in 2019. What was it, 2018? According to your bio, it was 2019. I got, yeah. <laughs> and that spring, we finally got to be on the field together because he was hurt in 2018. We finally got to be on in the field together. Our offense, when I tell you our offense was terrified of me and him out there together because we would be able to like, yeah, 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 or AAA, and he would be like, I understand what you're saying. You guys had a second language out yeah. there? And they were like, what are they talking about? Like, And it's like, <laughs> like it was it was such a fun, fun environment for me and him to be on the field after all those years together, after he came there after me, to be able to say, hey, man, this is what we wanted to do. We came up here for this reason, and we got to do it. And we flew around like it was freaking uh, the second coming, man. It was it was, it was, it was, was fabulous. That's something special. For sure. Um, so you mentioned earlier also just developing the football IQ. Is that something that you think happened under your coach at K-State? Is that something – that is really kind of been in development as you go into the USFL and in, exactly what do you mean by that? Really? Um, just my knowledge of the game, understanding leverage, understanding gap scheme, understanding football in general. Uh, you're not going to believe me, but Madden helped me understand football a lot. Like just the game plan. Yeah, it's crazy. Added so much to where me and the rest of the Georgia uh, teammates at K state were playing Madden nonstop and, that helped me understand and want to understand the game more. And I'm playing with Duke Shelley, who's also a high school teammate of mine, coming from a def defensive back perspective. And he gave me a, a different perspective of the game, not as a linebacker, but as a DB. And it's like he taught me things. I learned from him. Elijah, I learned from Elijah. I learned from DNs. It's like just seeing all these different aspects made me take interest in football even more. It's like, man. Don't know so much about this game and I play it and I took seriously to the fact that I wanted to know everything and I want to learn more and I still don't know everything but if I don't know something I will try to go find the answer and I will try to go get the answer and I thank 
like that's what we talked about earlier. That's that dog mentality of a Georgia guy and somebody who is so passionate about what he wants and what he does that he's going to do whatever it takes to get it. So you go from a, a pretty awesome coach and a very influential coach at K-State to now you're playing for Jeff Fisher. So tell me a little bit about obviously Jeff Fisher's somewhat of a legend. So one, how did you get so lucky? And two, what, what do those what qualities do those guys have that your average coaches don't don't have? And, and what's so special about those guys? Um, I would say what they have that other coaches don't is like I said that legacy and that that eye opener when they come into the room. Like when Coach Snyder comes into the room, you're almost petrified. Like you're button up let me let me get right before he he or he sends me off somewhere to run or uh jeff fisher like this is a legend let me get right so he can give me an opportunity to be better or or he's he's been there done that coach snyder's been there done that and you're just another piece in his in his in his life and on his program and you better tighten up so you can be learn from this guy and process your your legacy on through his and it's like well you want to learn from people like that and you want to grow and like you said man it's a blessing and it's i was blessed to be able to be fortunate to be picked on this team and i was blessed enough to be um on the k-state roster because everybody doesn't get to play for head coaches like that who are like who are legends and some people don't even get to play for a head coach two years in a row but i was blessed to to, to be a part and learn from those guys. And I'm learning from coach Fisher right now, how to be a professional. And it's, I'm, I'm going to sit down every time he speaks and I'm going to sit down quiet and, and pick his brain and learn because that's what I want to do. I want to learn more. I want to be better for myself. And I feel like these guys have been there, done that. So I'm going to sit there and listen. So, so how does coach Fisher teach you how to be a professional? Um, first thing he, first thing he, um, said when he when we walked in the room as far as having our first team meeting was you're you're not in college anymore and to the guys who weren't who were on professional teams he told them like you're here for a reason and you're here to get back to where you were and so I'm going to help you do that and I'm going to help you um process your life and get back get what's best for you out of you and I want you to just be able to listen and process things and not you can hear you can hear me but I want you to listen to me. And it's a big difference. He gave us a whole story about how one of his corners, he was talking to his corners, and he was told his corner like three times, this corner route is finna come, this corner route is finna come. <laughs> and the corner told him, yeah, I got you, coach. Yeah, I got you, coach. Yeah, I got you, coach. And the corner route came, and he jumped on the flat. And <laughs> he told the corner, that is the difference between listening and hearing. You heard me, but you did not listen. And so I, I took that, I took that and I ran with it every every day because I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna process things for from these uh legends who are gonna help me eventually get to where I wanna be in life. That's cool. So it sounds like you obviously have a lot of passion and a high IQ. Do you see yourself going into coaching uh, years down the road? Yeah, uh once my once I'm done with football as far as playing and everything, I have already thought about coaching and everything because um, when once I got hurt, the 2019 season I was hurt. I basically was a player, a player coach, and they gave me the role to where my defensive coordinator went to the box because he trusted me to be coach the linebackers down on the field and 
and trust me to tell these guys, all right, you missed this gap or you didn't fall back or uh, the fullback went to the flat and he went up and you didn't take him or whatever the case may be. And I learned a lot throughout that process. And I think that was God giving me an opportunity to even to learn more. And I used it as a, as a vessel to, to become a better player. And how I see things now is different because that gave me a different perspective. And I'm totally blessed for the opportunity. And coaching is something that I would love to do because I would like to be able to change someone life, change someone's life like some of my coaches have changed my life and give them a better opportunity. And the coaches that didn't have a great impact on me, I would like to give the kids that opportunity to not have a coach like that because coaches are could be father figures for these kids, man. And it's like you, you can change someone's life and, and not even know it. And you never know. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy because as you're saying that, you know, you go through – uh, you got the medical hardship in 2019 and then you, you learn as a coach basically. And then you have, a, you know, you get that granted uh, fifth year, I think in 2020. Right. And all of a sudden you, you get a second chance with almost like a red shirt year where you've been learning after you've been playing. Right. And it seems like you're taking that into the USFL. So yeah, I mean, you say it's a blessing. It sounds like that worked out really well. Definitely. It worked out. God's plan, man. I know the first day, um, after I had um tore my ACL, uh, did treatment on it the next day and uh walked out of the uh stadium and the facility at K State and I just sat, I just sat on the steps and I just started bawling out crying because, like I said, me and Elijah had plans on this for a long time and I had I felt like I let him down. I felt like I, I didn't give him the opportunity that we needed together and I I, I just. It was a lot of things that played into it, and I'm like, man, this, this is my senior year, man. I was supposed to be the leader of this team. I was supposed to be uh, a captain on this team, and I've, I've let all my guys down. And a couple guys came back-to-back -back outside of the stadium and just gave me a big hug, man, and told me everything was going to be all right, and God has a plan for you. And that's truly what happened, man. And I'm, I'm truly grateful to each and every person that, that cared about me and Sought, sought out to me to, to, to talk to me and give me an opportunity to see that this is not uh, the end of the road for me. Yeah, that's great. And now you've got an opportunity with USFL. It's got a lot of gas behind it. Um, I think everybody, we all believe wholeheartedly that it's going to be successful. You know, eventually one of these secondary leagues is going to hit and blow up. And now with the backing of the NFL, you know, it's a really cool opportunity that you guys have and, and even us as people who are just fans that can that can talk about it have. And so we're really excited for you guys. It sounds like there's just so many great stories um, of people getting second chances that deserve them. Right. And so we're rooting for you, man, and we hope we can stay in touch. Man, I appreciate that, man. That means a lot to me, for real, for real. Yeah, so that kind of wraps up all the questions that I had. Um, so I, I can kick it back to, to our host. I bet. Yeah, I got a couple. I've been sitting here listening. I've been sitting here listening, jotting on my little notepad, some questions I came up with. I want to talk about some former teammates. Um, you brought up Elijah Sullivan. He's similar size to you, about six foot, 210, 215. Mm -hmm. He's playing linebacker. He's bouncing around the NFL playing linebacker. Right. Um, a lot of safeties in the NFL are that size, and you guys are playing linebackers. Is that a mindset over – 
you know, just how you're playing the game, your aggression level, because you're talking about seeing the field and you're, you know, you're a coach on the field. You obviously have a high football IQ. I think you'd be a great safety, but you're, you're in the trenches, just knocking people down. Is that a mindset thing or do you not want to play DB? Um, I think it's a mindset thing and where I am in life thing. Um, if I would have taken the opportunity to play safety at a younger age more seriously, I think I probably would have been a five-star recruit. I, I, I would just humbly saying, but I just know myself and I know the game. And it's like, if I would have worked on my footwork, worked on my body and structured my body to become a safety, I feel like I could have done that. But I played linebacker and I, I, I just set out to be a great linebacker because that's what I was at the time. And, I just took it and ran with it. And like you said, man, it's a mindset thing. I don't I don't think there's nothing on this planet that I cannot do. And I don't think Elijah, the, the same way with him, he's going to have that mindset too, like if, if not more than me, because he's a, he's a crazy man. Like, you get on the field with him, he will hit you. Like, he don't care 300, 400 pounds, he's going to hit you. And that's his, that's his thing, like – if if not, if he's in the wrong place on the field, he's gonna hit somebody. You better be looking on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if y'all seen the meme when we played Mississippi State, but he flipped the quarterback on in the air like like fifteen feet seriously, and that's no exactly <laughs> like um him and AJ Parker flipped that quarterback, and it was won the game for us a fourth down play. And I like you said, man, it's a mindset thing, like. We were never the biggest or the strongest guys at, at whatever we were doing, but we we did it together, and we had the mindset that we were going to go out and kick ass no matter where we were going. Hey, don't sell yourself short. I saw some, I saw some hey. of your tape against TCU. You were putting dudes a couple feet into the ground, so Man. I think you guys were a nice little tandem there. For sure. So we does were. does he give you hope to get to the league? Is that what you want out of this? Is this your path to the NFL? I definitely, I definitely, he gives me all the hope. He gives me all the encouragement. He gives me all the love. He gives me all the uh, instructions to make myself better. Like, he was fortunate enough to go to, to, to have ACL surgery a couple, couple times before me. And that's why he sat out when I was playing my, my breakout year. And he helped me through my process. And I think that kind of, like, deteriorated my path a little bit, my, my injury. And he had more time to recover, and he's he's told me multiple times, I I know you can be here because if I'm here, and I know guys who are playing with me on his NFL teams that he knows I'm better than, and so it's just it's just people have different paths. You have different paths, and God God is gonna set the tone right. I played with guys who I know for a fact that I'm better than, and it, it's just it's just not it wasn't my time. I got to get myself better, and I gotta um get my mindset better i gotta get back to where i was and and show people that's where i am and that's what i'm gonna do so yeah preparation meeting opportunity that's all it is and you're sure. you're knocking preparation out of the park so right. it's just a matter of time for you i'm pretty sure for sure um another so you stay in touch with these guys you stay in touch with elijah oh definitely um we play the game almost every day when i'm when i wasn't here as far as uh at the usfl because i've been more focused on um, football but when I was at home training and everything and and I was in Texas I live in Texas now but we we played a game me him Duke uh Zuber 
all the guys like we we just we kick it up every day we got a group chat we talk junk every day we talk crap every day me and duke just got into a big argument about who's the best on 2k like we keep in touch that <laughs> those are my brothers man and that bond can never be broken no matter what happens so awesome one more uh former teammate from k-state byron pringle i see you since i uh, followed you on twitter i see you guys going back and forth a lot yeah could you guard him could you guard byron pringle on a slant route Man, am I guarding him man to man or like in front of him? I got to be standing in front. Like he's coming into your zone. If I'm dropping in a zone, maybe, but because I'm not guarding him man to man, like outside and free, free, free uh field. Like there's just no way. But I, if I if coaches schemed it up to where I can flip my hips and and play inside out on them or outside in on them. I I, I think I, I'm confident enough that I can be in good leverage and be in a good place to at least rally and make the tackle. But Byron's a beast, man. Man. He, his, speed, his speed is on another level. You wouldn't think that seeing how strong and big he is, but he's definitely a 4-3 guy who can go out there and run with the Tariq, the Tariq Hills, the Miko Hartmans, the uh, all those guys. And he, he showed it on the Chiefs. And he's he finally got his opportunity to get, a, get paid and, I'm I'm proud of my brother for real. Yeah, I swear they don't draft you unless you run a four three down there. Yeah, <laughs> you are uh, it you are walking that line perfectly between confidence and arrogance. Like you know, I'm a good football player, but anytime I'm trying to get you to give an arrogant answer, you're not doing it. Yeah, you're nah. you're a good dude. You're a good kid. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I know my place, and I know what I'm good at, and I know what I need to improve on, and. It's not that I'm bad at it. I just know I need to improve on it. Like, it's probably something that I'm not used to doing. I'm not used to guarding the six foot two, four three. <laughs> so, I mean, shoot. Uh, but if, I know if I had time to work on it, I would get better at it. Not saying I would be the best, but I'd get better. All right, Coach, do you got anything else? We've got this guy here 40 minutes. We should probably let him go. He's got to get some sleep. We started with barbecue. I think it's only right we end with barbecue. Yo. I got to know. Arthur Bryant, Jack Stacks, what you got? What's the best barbecue restaurant around there in Manhattan that you've been to? I've been to some good ones up there. Smoking Joe's. What, what, where, where have you been up there? That The best one that you've been to around there, around Manhattan. I can't leave that barbecue alone. You know it's good. <laughs> Man, I, does that be in Manhattan or can it be in Kansas City? No. Hey, we'll take it coast to coast. If it's that good, if you're recommending it, I'm in the van. I'm headed there. I don't even drive a van. I'm getting a van headed there. The Q, the Q place in Kansas City. Okay. The uh, I think it's Q39 or Q. Okay. Yeah. 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 Q39. I know what you're talking about. Yep. I know what you're talking about. I'm gonna Q39. look up the name. I can't remember exactly what it's called. I've been there one time. Mm-hmm. And it was good. Yeah, for sure. And if their meat, they they cook their meat fresh. And I think they had just brought, got it out, got it out the smoker when when I had went there the last time, and it was the most delicious tender brisket I've ever had. Q thirty nine. That's a Midtown and South Kansas, right. Kansas City. Right. Right. Yep. Sure. Yep. Man, I appreciate you, dude. I, I appreciate you giving your no time, problem. man. We we this this was awesome. You no you're an awesome, dude, man. I look forward to following you, man. I, I don't uh, I don't know how somebody didn't grab a hold of you and make you a safety. <laughs> <laughs> um, my high school coach tried to 
but I think it was my going into my senior year, and it was by by that time it was kind of a little late. But I hear my, you. My first high school then then you utilized me right, and I didn't I didn't get that exposure as I should have, and it's okay. I'm, I'm, that's, I'm yeah. That's I can awesome, see you man. as like a hybrid. I can see oh, you as a hybrid Micah Hyde type player. Absolutely. <laughs> That's kind of the position where I played in high school, like a roll down safety. And like I told you, we went three, two, six. And I would um, <laughs> say if it's like uh, three by one to the field, I would roll high. I would roll high. And I got to play on my, my huddle highlight to where I roll high, drop the pick. But I rolled to the deep middle and I picked all, I, I would pick off a steam route. And it's. I was going to say, how many picks? How many picks your senior year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I bet you lived on that. I had three picks my senior year, and I had more my my junior year, so I had like four. Man, that's what I te- I texted these guys while you were talking. I said this dude is a straight should have been Nickelback yeah. from the day one. Man, this guy is lethal. Anyhow, man, it's it's great watching you. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't miss you in the Big Twelve because <laughs> you wreck shop on my yeah. Cowboys. Wreck shop. They still. I'm telling you right now. They ought to hang your poster up in there on a guy they never could block. Yeah. They couldn't block him. You were all over the field that day. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, yeah, Coach Dickey, he's the offensive line coach there in um, Oklahoma State now. He came up to me to me in the game. He was like, man, you should have heard me over there yelling at them guys. <laughs> like, right. You should have heard me yelling at the TV. I was like, <laughs> come on. Somebody get on 32. Bro. <laughs> what the fuck? Put a hat on him or something? Yeah, <laughs> man, I don't. They could not block you all day. I, I don't know what, man. That was that was bad. That was. I'm, anyhow, yeah. I'm not gonna miss those games. So it's good yeah. to see you doing well, man. man. Thanks for visiting with us. Man, appreciate you, man. Appreciate y'all and giving me the opportunity. Oh man, Anytime. absolutely. All right, I gotta go to bed. Chris, kick that outro music. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media, like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.